This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Tom and Cecil are the funniest guys. Yeah. Yeah, for about seven <laughs> minutes, and then I want to shoot them both. Hello, Tom and Cecil. This is Avedon from Balmy, South South Carolina, Southern California, to talk about uh, Pastor Manning's There Is No Life in the Rectum Sermon. Well, let me tell you, give me a rectum and a Petri dish, and I will prove Pastor Manning wrong. Love the show, guys. Talk to you later. Hey, Tom and Cecil. This is Andrew from Massachusetts. Um, I'm listening to the most recent show, and I just want to let you know that Scott Lively uh, recently ran in the most recent uh, election, and my own mother voted for him. And my dad and sister <clears throat> were going to vote for him, too, but I, I ended up talking them out of it and kind of pointing out what kind of a nutbag he is. So, just wanted to let you know that that's what I'm dealing with. And uh, also, I want to say that that uh, death and rectum guy gets me every time. He's fucking hilarious. Loyal. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Quick, hurry. Every episode we tackle well, Exodus. Exodus. As it it's turns not, out. It's not, or not, not every listener. episode, but this yeah, episode. This episode, because it's not a we tackle Exodus. film. It's and cover a smattering of other topics. Film. We'll target anything that deserves a hard look or that needs to get knocked down a peg. Nothing is safe, including us. <laughs> this is Cognitive <laughs> I cannot do both intros. You can. You can do both. This is episode 195 of, of Cognitive, Cognitive Dissonance. And that was the old... Everyone's a critic intro, which we're using this time today. Yes, because we, we are reviewing. We've got a very special, a very special show. So this episode, we did something a little different. Uh, we went and watched uh, Exodus. We actually went to the movies together. Cecil paid, so I put out. That was just kind of the we had to hold hands the entire time. <laughs> we were we were throwing fucking M and M's. Our giant mouths. Our giant fat hands took up. <laughs> the thing is, is they take up a seat of their own. So we had to have like one seat in between us. That's like the I'm not a gay guy seat. Right. You know, that yeah. you, uh, you right. Requis- it's like the urinal space. You requisitely have to have that. Right. But then our giant hands, when you we were holding hands, our giant right. fat bulbous hands took up that seat. Well, part of the problem was that we shared that Volkswagen full of popcorn, <laughs> you know, so there's only one place. To and the park- trunk full of M&M's. <laughs> you know, we did have a listener uh, who said that they hoped that their Patreon donations did not go toward buying that ticket. I will say it did not go toward buying a ticket. Yeah. But much like the airline. Yeah. <laughs> It went toward buying the entire row of tickets. We, we all walked in yeah. there to fucking move the turnstiles Sir, out of the way. I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> when we left, oh. we had our own exodus. I'm we just did. saying. We did. Yeah. We, we had to part the entire sea of those people to get out of there. It was a red sea because there's yeah. the red velvet cushions yeah. of the chairs. Right. Yeah. So we just got back. I mean, we fucking literally just got back right. from watching that movie. We just saw it. Got back to my house. We're now down here in beautiful Glory Hole Studios. 
we're going to talk about that movie at the end of the at the end of the show. We're going to give you a chance to talk. We're going to talk about some new stuff and work our way through it. And we're going to talk about it at the end of the show. We're going to give you a fair warning just in case you wanted to see it and you didn't want any spoilers. I don't know who the fuck is not looking for spoilers in a book that is two thousand years old yeah, that has been made into a movie. Be? What happens to Moses? I can understand like avoiding it for The Walking Dead or something. But right. When it right. comes to Spoilers for this. I don't know why you would care, but if you didn't, if you wanted to see the movie and not hear any spoilers, we'll give you fair warning at the end of the show when we're going to do the actual review. So we want to give you an opportunity to bow out of that if you so desire. Yeah, but to be really fair, do you think anybody wants to see this movie? I bet Ridley Scott didn't even watch the final edited version. When the editor finally came and he's like, I've made all the changes, sir. I've got it. I think this is the final one. He's probably like, great. Send it up. Where do I sign? Whatever. (laughs) Paycheck. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave you with that at the end of the show. I mean, do you, before we get into the the sh- actual show itself, do you want to hear about my fantasy football team? Oh my god, no, I don't actually. No. <laughs> you know, so I have all these guys on my fantasy. Fo- no, sorry, I just wanted. Yeah. To, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> how, how did are your are your legs sore from all that fucking running? You all were that doing? fantasy running? I was yeah, doing. all that fantasy catching, <laughs> the fantasy, and, the fantasy blocking. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was, yeah, man. I, Dude, you didn't get a fantasy what, concussion, did all you? That I fantasy, hear those can be bad Well, for the you. fantasy concussion is difficult, especially with all that fantasy play calling that right? you do. I mean, it's man. really difficult. It's Ooh. very difficult. I'm just glad you're here, Cecil. <laughs> I worry about you every week. <laughs> every every week. week on Sunday, I'm like, oh, my God, what if he gets fantasy Look, injured? It's any given fantasy Sunday. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> any given fantasy Sunday. <laughs> fantasy night lights. <laughs> That's actually a different program. <laughs> I hope you're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs. I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know, but I mean, come on, B. Palin, are you serious? Like, you're not going to hook up with, like, before you're married? For real. For real. For real, for real? For real, for real, for real. So this story comes from the Raw story. Parents outraged when public school takes students on Catholic chastity field trip. Man, that's the lamest field trip Man, ever. <laughs> I gotta tell you, like that was my first thought. Like every field, like remember how excited you would be to go on a field trip? Yeah, I remember when I was a junior in high school. Like we were in uh, physics, and they had like physics day at Great America. Oh, what? Yeah, dude, it was it was fucking solid. Although I will say this, like if Great America is in a theme park, by the way, if you're not from Illinois. Yeah, so, so. Great America is like it's a Six Flags, so they have them all over the country. It's basically just fucking roller coasters and vomiting. Vomiting. Like, that's all it is. And just, cotton candy and really expensive like stuffed animals. But you know, and like they close the whole park for the day, and it's just high school students doing oh, physics. Oh shit! Doesn't that sound amazing? That sounds amazing. It was not amazing. What? Yeah, like it turns out, like because I happen to be in uh, uh, like AP physics, whatever, and like we had all this homework to do there, so we'd have to like you're on like a roller coaster, you're like this is fun, but you have an accelerometer in your hand that you had to like make, and you're like trying to take like measurements. So that you could get off and then get off the roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> you did say it was all all high school students. It was, but and it would be themed with the story if you were getting off. <laughs> and like then you were supposed to like get off a ride and then do like homework problems. But the problem is that like that sucks. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> you know what Take you want to? It's like I mean I can't imagine there is no worse place to do homework than Great America. There is, there is literally no worse. The only other time I could think would be worse is Christmas morning. I would rather fucking write an essay with somebody sucking my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Christmas morning, yeah. you're ready to unwrap presents, and your dad says, not until you finish your, your homework. homework. <laughs> I'm going to do that to Finn. 
I'm going to do that to my boy. You know, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm going to apologize if Mr. Orr happens to be listening to this right now. Yeah. Mr. I Orr. cheated on that shit like crazy. Because he just wanted to get out of the fucking log all ride. I, all I cared about, all I could have possibly cared about was, oh my god, I'm riding roller coasters! You yeah, know what exactly, I mean? it's, yeah. It's so fun. This is only second worst. <laughs> second worst? This is actually exponentially worse because they actually just got to ride a fucking roller coaster. This is almost like doing homework when your dick's being sucked, except for that it's the opposite because it's a chastity field trip. And you can't come. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like like five minutes. You you're like, get, oh my, uh, okay, uh, all right. Wait, wait, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are what, you what going? What is happening? What? Yeah. Why are you? Why leaving? are you tying my hands up? <laughs> <laughs> so a group, a, a a a class in Minnesota, um, went to a field trip. Yeah. Um, and they saw a chastity presentation. Sounds exciting. Delivered by Jason Everett of oh, the Jason. Chastity Project. Oh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck on your project. So yeah. far, the human species has reproduced at least 7 billion times. So history is against you on your project. <laughs> You're a parent. I am. So this, yeah. I just got to ask, doesn't it feel weird to think that one day you would have a, any kind of say whatsoever in your child's decision whether or not to have sex? All I, seriously, I, we've, my wife and I have talked about this. Like, All we want is to make sure that, that he's safe and his partners are safe. You know, he's a he's a he's a little guy, he's like eight years old, so it's not like in our ballpark yet. Sure. But like but, six, you know, seven years later. But we've already talked that as soon as it's possible to get him the HPV vaccine, we want to make sure that he has it. Because we want to make sure that he's not only not a carrier himself, but he doesn't transmit sure. to other people. I feel like that's the only responsible thing to do. I think they market that vaccine to girls, but like it kind of works both ways. Sure. So everybody Absolutely. Needs to get yeah. it, right. And we just want to make sure, like, he's just fucking covered in condoms all the time. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I'm basically going to wallpaper his room in condoms there are his sixth grade. There are serious ramifications to having sex. Those ser- serious ramifications are you can get a sexually transmitted disease, which you've already talked about, and or you can impregnate someone. Right. Those are some serious ramifications. Oh, yeah. Those are adult decisions that sometimes children, which at this point we're talking 15, 14, that's kids. a child. It's totally a kid. A child is making. So I understand the necessity for some parents to step in and say, hey, I'd like to guide my child to try to avoid this sort of thing. So when it comes to abstinence, if a parent chooses abstinence over some other form of of thing, of of a way in which a child is going to be sexually active, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. The problem is, is when you mandate it for an entire district – it's it's anti it's just it's just anti-productive it doesn't do anything right uh and you're talking about people who aren't experts i mean this guy might as well come in the room and talk about peepees yeah i i it, it's 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 that it's that level of conversation that you're getting out of this person well you know i mean that's because if you take a look at this guy's credentials right he's a trained theologian he holds two degrees from a franciscan college in theology right that's it. Like, he's not a health provider. He's not a health professional. He's a dude with a fucking agenda. Well, any any read a 2,000-year-old book that's going to tell me how to bump uglies? Right. Like, you don't get to tell me that out of some weird book. That's like, I mean, could you imagine someone coming by with a, a book on, let's say, Plato or Aristotle and telling me how to have sex from it? You would laugh. Imagine reading a biblical uh, auto repair manual. 
Right? Like, yeah. rub a goat upon yeah. your transmission. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, wait, what's, what are you talking about? Plug the spark plug in its anus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, your car is not working. It's either your catalytic converter or you did not slaughter an oxen on right. top of and it. And you didn't spread its blood on your right. hood. It's crazy. throw the fucking entrails in the tent of meeting. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's in the tent of meeting? Oh, there's no entrails? Yeah. Oh, that's fuck. why your car won't start. Jesus. Jeez, how, what the do you fuck fucking were you thinking? What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> you know, I, I would say, too, that, like, I again, just to be clear, like, I don't really give a shit if somebody chooses abstinence as their form of... But they just need to know your options. Like, if the only option you think you have is don't have sex, and then you have sex... Then you're like, mm, well, I guess maybe. I, why would you? Why, why would you even think about wearing a condom? Because because you weren't told about it. Right. And he even goes out of his way to say that they're not even effective for the things right. that you want. He doesn't talk. You know, in the in the in the two or three minutes I watched, and now he may go on farther. I stopped watching because I was bored, and the guy was an idiot. So I stopped watching. But there's a point where he starts talking. Oh, the condom's not even effective. Well, if it's not, if they think don't think it's effective, they're going to take it up and throw it up. Because t- I'm telling you what. I've fucked in condom and out of condom, and I prefer out of condom all day and twice on fucking Sunday, okay? I don't give a shit what condom you buy. It is never as good as pure vagina. Right. You know? (laughs) But, you know, it's much better than all the diseases or, like, accidentally impregnated my girlfriend when I was 16. Exactly. Exactly. That's a sucky world. Exactly. And and condom is way better than right hand. Right. Let me tell you. <laughs> a long black cock, long black cock, a long black cock, long black cock. So this story comes from uh, Smuch. It's a smuch. 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 Or the Sydney Morning Herald. The whole city is shocked. Bare-legged woman in Kabul goes viral. Um, I mean, this story is kind of exactly what it sounds like. In Kabul, Afghanistan, um, there's surveillance footage, basically. Surveillance footage? I mean, that's what it looks <laughs> I like, know, right? it totally does. It looks like shitty, like weird. It's a, it's a hastily taken picture on a cell phone is right. what I think that's it what is. That's what it is. Um, of, a, of a woman walking around, and she is not covered head to toe. She has an actual head. You um, can see her. You can see her hair tie. Right, and her neck skin, and her neck is skin, and her ears. Exposed. I can see her earlobes at I, this point. I did not find those earlobes hard to masturbate. I to. will say that while you're talking, I'm jerking off to her legs right now. So <laughs> you can see her legs from the knee down. Nice gams, yeah. Nice pair not, of gams know. on her. She's not even wearing like high heels, and it's like she's got nice calves. She's, she's all right looking. She's got a nice so, pair of gams. Uh, it says she's bare leg. I'm sure these le- guys were ready to fucking just destroy oh, her. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm surprised she made it across the street. I'm legitimately surprised that she would do such a thing. Yeah. Well, you kind of wonder, like, what were the circumstances? Because it says that there's severe rules uh, to women, for women, that include keeping one's whole body, hair, and face covered. I use my face to house my eyes, <laughs> by the way. And my mouth and my nose. Important things yeah. that I use to navigate the world those are my pointing yeah. parts i point those at the places i want to go and go there mostly bakeries right but- it's always bakery <laughs> wait you can go other places everything is like you have a gps it's i like just set cover myself point. i cover myself in chocolate glaze every day <laughs> and just sit in the bakery and lick it off I no just- one comes to my bakery <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally no one comes there. The only way to get me to, to, to actually yeah. show up for work is for someone to call ahead <laughs> and show me a picture of an eclair in my desk. Like, all right. I have to open a tub of frosting on my desk for me to smell it to follow it into my room. It's thir- I'm like a bloodhound. <laughs> I, like, sniff the floor <laughs> and work my way to the room. You know, what's amazing is that this is news. I know. Right? I know. Like, think about how backward a culture and yeah. a, a place right. in time has sure. to be. Sure. That a woman who is very conservatively dressed by any reasonable standard. Right. Walking across the street. In any real, sure. like, in any country. In, any in country. Vibram Five Fingers. I right? <laughs> She's just wearing, like, like, like weird purple socks. I They look like Vibrams to me. Are they really Vibrams? I can't tell, but it looks like they have toes. Well, they kind of do in that second photo. Yeah, the first photo on the left looks like it's toes. Yeah, maybe. So I'm thinking they're Vibrams. Maybe she stole Jake Farr Wharton's Vibrams. <laughs> <laughs> They're close by. They are. Australia, Australia and Afghanistan. And That's Afghanistan? Like, you could throw a stone from one to the other, I right? I think if they start with the same letter, the reason The reason why they're close to each other is because that's where all the fucking koalas went over when they migrated to Australia. They had to go somewhere. After the flood. After the flood. Right. They had to go somewhere. They, I mean, come on. They went koalas. to Jake's house. So and They're all still there getting chlamydia. <laughs> chlamydia that's, from that's Jake. That's how they got chlamydia. From Jake. Right. Use a condom once in a while, Jake. Jesus. <laughs> you know, too proud. Too, he, he believed the chastity project. That's the problem. But thousands of people are talking about it. That's crazy, man. Well, the guy because, you could see the uh, the uh, like the guy looking at her saying, "You have the audacity." Look at this one photo. The They're the first. One? The first one on the left. Look oh, at the guy like, looking what? at her like, "What the fuck is right. happening?" I don't know this to be true, but from these three photos, she looks to be a Western woman. That's what it looks like, too. To yeah. me, her hair, her skin color, the tone, she looks to be... Just the, like her outfit, too. She, right. it's, and, and, you know, like the thing is we're talking about it like it's some sort of crazy... It's a fucking very pretty modest outfit when it's you come right down to it. It's a very modest outfit. Yeah. Everything's covered in the front, it looks like. The, 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 the jacket that she's wearing comes down to almost her knee. Yeah. There, there's nothing immodest. It's not like I like. see her fucking twat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's not Lindsay Lohanning. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Alan. If America continues to reject the mercy of the Christian cross, America will live under the tyranny of the Islamic sword. This story comes from the BBC. Israel holds American planning attacks on Muslim sites. Um, The only reason I like this story is because it's a fucking trifecta of bad ideas. Right. Right? It basically covers the whole Abrahamic tradition. It does. You know, you've got, plus the American exceptionalism. So there's evidently an American Christian idiot um, who went over to Israel and was going to bomb or shoot or whatever, cause fucking chaos at some uh, major holy sites in Jerusalem. Um, Because that's how you solve problems. That's not exactly how you exacerbate problems, Cecil. Well, that's that's exactly it, right? This person doesn't understand anything about what what is what really would cause that. All they have, like a lot of people in our country, is a justice boner. Right? They have a vengeance justice boner, and they want to see somebody hurt for hurting someone else. Yep. That's because eye for an eye justice really is only on this side of the globe when you come to our country and the Muslim states. Like, that's really Yeah, it. we have that I, in common. Eye for an eye justice is all that. The rest of the world is it looks at that and thinks, 
that's a horrifyingly bad antiquated idea that no one does anymore because it doesn't work. Right. Because there's no incentive when because you never think you're going to be caught. That's why people get their hands cut off in right. other countries because yeah. they think they can get away with it. That's why people get stoned to death in other countries because they think they can get away with it. Same thing, you know, all that sort of thing. So the idea that, you know, we're, you know, this justice, this justice system is, is vengeance based fits perfectly in our area, fits perfectly in their area and the rest of the world, they throw up their hands in wonderment at what the fuck we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and so we have this guy who travels to the Middle East, in this particular case into Israel, finds some fucking plastic or bombs of some sort, and he's going to explode some Palestinian sites. So he's an American. It's it's the I swallowed a fly to catch, right. catch yeah. it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. He he's he's going over there to do some crazy damage to someone. In a justice capacity, in a in and I say justice, I shouldn't say justice, in a vengeance capacity yeah. to try to get people to and, and I don't know what, what you're going to do. You see what happens when terrorism happens here and our reaction to it. Right. And well and what's the like like what what how exactly does that even make any sense? Like I am mad because you guys do terrorism, so I'll do a terrorism at you. Okay, it's if it was wrong to when they did it. It's it's the same wrong it's when the you level do of it. wrong. Yeah, like all, all it is is just a. It doesn't change the fact that you're the one now doing it. Doesn't yeah. all of a sudden create right? It, right. I mean, it's not. It doesn't make it morally right. right. I can't speak, but it doesn't make it morally right because you're the one who did it. Because they did it first, right? It's not like if you stole from me, see, so I'd be like, "Well, I'm stealing from you." <laughs> like, what are we for? <laughs> Well, if you follow Exodus, it's all those eye for an eye thing, and they just list yeah, them all off. True. They yeah. just start listing them off. So, in the same in the same vein, this is the exact same thing. It's I'm going to if you if you steal, I'm going to cut your hand off. If you kill, I'm going to kill you. Right. Yeah. It's these it's these bad ideas of I got to meet out you with vengeance instead of in some way letting you figure out what you did wrong and then maybe changing you. No, I don't care. I'm just going to hurt you. Yeah. All I want to do is hurt you because I'm a base animal who doesn't think past this very right. moment. But what the scriptures are anxious to say, it's far more important that we be spiritually strong as a nation than that we be militarily strong. It's not enough to be militarily strong. If we are militarily strong, but we are spiritually weak as a nation, uh, we are going to go down. And that's why it's critical, I believe, to have a commander-in-chief who is a Christian-in-chief first and then is our commander-in-chief. This woman's face. I got to tell you, some of these some of these images that get frozen as the image on the video <laughs> are absolutely perfect. This woman's face is, is great. She's got this Gomer Pyle look on her face, which is just perfect. Uh, this is from Right Wing Watch. Ben Carson thinks that God is calling on him to save America and stop Putinesque Obama. Just like I told Cecil before the show, whenever I read Putinesque, I just think of Putinesca. Right. And it's like, it kind of sounds delicious. It's really good. It's I like, could go for that, that right sounds now. sounds good. Yeah. I love a good Putinesca. So uh, Christian Broadcasting Network reporter uh, David Brody has been releasing, slowly releasing excerpts from his interview with, and I love this part, Cecil, likely Republican presidential candidate. And I, I will say that as the Republican potentials start to come out of the woodwork, I realize, again, my love for this show 
as it is renewed. Its vigor is it's amazing. Renewed. It's amazing. Because these guys are fucking awesome. This guy seems like another Herman Cain, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The fucking pizza man. Oh, that guy's great the shit. The godfather of pizza. That guy's awesome. So Let's, Ben Carson has some things to say. He so does. So we got a couple of clips. They're both about a minute. One's two minutes long. One's a minute and a half. Let's listen to the first one. First, he says God would have to grab him by the collar. And how is that conversation going with God about this uh, potential presidential run? Has he grabbed you by the collar yet? I read an article about that. Uh, I, f- I feel fingers. Where does he feel the fingers in his hey, anus? Hey. <laughs> God is actually giving me a prostate exam right now I as feel we the speak. Fingers. All right. All right. I'm right here to judge. Andy Carson, his wife of nearly 40 years, knows that her husband will be demonized by his critics if he runs. She understands the stakes. Our country is going a way that's different from what our founding fathers were thinking, and, and we wanted to make sure he felt really called to wake people up. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what he's been doing. The Carsons plan to lean on their Christian faith to get them through. You know, in the Bible it says the Lord doesn't give you more than you can handle, right? And a lot of times you feel like, are you sure? Are you really sure? <laughs> you know, but he does give you what you need. We recognize that, you know, we are being instruments in the hand of God. He is the one who really orchestrates all of this. Why doesn't he send a fucking plague to convince us? Why well, just do something? Do literally anything. <laughs> I mean, like, that, and like, can you, uh, what fucking, how more tired is like that whole, like, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. He just gives us what we need. Really? Really? You're really going to say that? Like, looking around the world at the fucking pain and suffering. Right. Like, you're really going to be like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Oh, hey, that guy who stepped on a landmine? Oh, yeah, God, you know, God. That guy couldn't handle both his legs, Tom. Right. (laughs) He didn't make sure that he had one that dangled by tiny bits of flesh. God gives you what you need. Right. Turns out you didn't need both your legs. And you needed a lot more shrapnel. Right. What you needed (laughs) was chronic pain. Needed. That's what you were. It was a large explosion. Right. And half your leg gone. That's it. Right now, Carson is putting together his platform. He wants a fairer and flatter tax structure lower corporate taxes, and health savings accounts for all. But his number one issue, the out-of-control debt. Unless we get a grip on that, why wouldn't we suffer the same fates as other pinnacle nations who have allowed debt to encumber their progress? Carson also will not let political correctness get in his way. He plans to speak his mind on issues like the roots of this country. We are, in fact, a Judeo-Christian nation. And I think that's a huge part of our strength. Or comparing our current government to Nazi Germany. And I know you're not supposed to say Nazi Germany, but I don't care about political correctness. Or accuracy. Accuracy. Yeah, he doesn't care about accuracy. Yeah. Hey, how many uh, how many uh, dead Jew factories did you drive past today? <laughs> 60. Any? Because I didn't they see They paved any. the road with dead Jews right? on my way to your house. Man, because like... Earlier today, when Let me we tell got you, the- there's a lot of potholes in there. When you when you like eject a Jew out of the road, there's just like there's just like this big pothole that you got to go through. They need to what they need to do is just get a big truck full of dead babies, and then they can fill right? those up. Just, yeah, because yeah, they're smaller. And they're, right. Yeah. yeah, and then you can, uh, right. yeah, and you and can, you got to boil some down for like glue. two or three babies to a hole. You're oh fine. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I want out. Tapping. Are we? Tapping I want out. out. We tapping out of the dead Jew conversation. 
better. So here's the second part. This one's a little shorter. It's a minute and 30 seconds long. Hopefully he calls Obama another Nazi here. He talks straight about President Obama, too. Our president is very much like Putin. You know, oh, well, gee, there's no resistance here. I'm, well, oh, okay, well, I'll just keep going. And uh, the resistance needs to be there. What? What is he talking about? Obama gets resistance every time he tries to do anything. <laughs> he can't even take a shit without Boehner fucking right? walking in on the can on him. The guy, like, he's like, hey, are you done in here yet? The guy's trying to squeeze one out. The fucking vein in his forehead's ready to pop. He's got to push so hard. It's ridiculous. It's like all he eats is cheese. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so awesome. It's so it, – it feels so disconnected to reality right. to say something like that. Right. But the problem is is that people just don't they, – they automatically believe it. They eat that shit up. When he talks about o- Obama being a, a Nazi, when he talks about Obama being a, 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 just running rampant, running roughshod over right. any bit of legislation that could possibly be they, – they, they don't let him do a thing. Right. He gets nothing done. Right. And that's that's why, like, progressives really dislike Obama. Yeah. Because they're like, you're not getting enough done. Yeah. Like, because he can't. Because he can't. Right. What would you want to tell him? I would want to tell him, sir, I understand that you have very defined ideals of what you think America is. But you work for the people. They don't work for you. Constitutional authority he has overstepped that, you believe, in many instances? Uh, without question. Uh and hopefully uh, the legislators in, in Congress will understand what they need to do. What do they need to do? They need to have a spine. They need to stand up because once you allow uh, someone to take liberties with the system, they're not going to stop. Carson says it's up to the people to change America's direction. People need to recognize that they do have power. But they do have to exercise. It is our God-given duty to exercise that power. And he's praying for God to show his power in a mighty way. You You think this country needs a spiritual awakening? We most definitely need a spiritual awakening. I mean, look at at the direction that we're going in. Mm -hmm. Absolute absurdity. What does that even mean? What direction are we headed in? Like, east? I don't even know. Like, what are you talking about? absolute absurdity that's the direction we're headed in i don't even know what that means i i they, it's it's they're just making they're cutting right. things out of whole cloth they don't even understand what they're saying at a certain point it it feels like they were told to say this by someone else yeah you know i we've heard that how many times it's like well the direction of this country is you know not what, not what it should be and it's like well where what what are you talking about can you define it like are you talking about the economic direction of this country? Are you talking about the social agenda of this country? Are you talking like what is it specifically? Like be specific. Don't just say like the direction because the country fucking sits in the same place all the time. Yeah. Like, it you- never it, it rarely changes, especially in this last administration, rarely changed at all. So is wh- it the immigration policy? I don't understand. Like, be specific. This whole idea that like you can just say these big blanket things and everyone just like, oh, I will nod to that. I am also a person that nods to that. Like <laughs> It's a snooze, man. If this is a guy. If this is a legitimate candidate, though, for the oh, office, it's going to be amazing. What kind of? What are you thinking? You're digging up. You might as well dig up, fucking the. I don't even know the corpse of Ronald Reagan, and he would have a better chance of winning. Well, you, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the same rumors. So the rumors are Rick Perry. Rick Perry's awful. Santorum. Santorum's awful. And Romney again. Ron, I, none of those are winners. Wait, wait, oh, it's great. 
Because Elizabeth Warren will curb stomp them. I don't Hillary think Hillary Clinton Warren, will she's curb stomp them. I don't think Elizabeth Warren's gonna. Run. You don't think she'll do it? I hope she does. I hope she does too. There's, I guess there's I'm, a lot I of guess I guess there's one. It's one of those things that, um, I say my home team is gonna lose just so I hope they win. Yeah, right. And that's how I feel about Elizabeth Warren. Is I say that she's going to not run. Because, she won't run. She won't run. But then she does, and I feel awesome about right. it because I would vote for her in a second. Right. She's one of those people. Unlike Obama. Uh, I didn't campaign for. I would campaign. I would. I think I would do something for her party if she ran. If she ran and she actually was going to like be involved in the you know the Democratic yeah. thing, I would go out of my way to make sure that I did something for her, whether that's a monetary donation or it's she's exciting something. Yeah, she, I think she's, she's amazing. Exciting. She's amazing, yeah. but she's also reminds me a lot of Obama in a way because she she talks real big now. What happens when you get elected? Yeah, if you can get anything done. Let's see if she'll get anything it's done. It's all about getting things done. Le- yep. and, and, and with people like this, uh, the people who say these kind of things, this guy who's saying this sort of thing, this Carson guy, uh, this is really all that, that they have to do is to try to defame and destroy and compare him to – and it's weird too because they kind of have this love-hate affair with Putin – where they talk about how great Putin is when it comes to homosexuals. Right, and then they hate they, him the rest of the they time. They say, oh, well, look at his gay agenda. He, right. he wants to string those fuckers up and dip, decapitate them if possible, yeah. etc. He's a he's a hawk. What a great guy. And then at the same time, they're like, oh, I don't know that I like him so much. Uh, he's really kind of a bad person. Pick one. Yeah. You got to pick Fucking one. Fucking pick one. I'll tell you what. He's right with you on the, on the, on the gay policies. Right. He's yep. right with you on the gay policies. So if you love him, love him. Yep. If you don't, don't. Yeah, I know. But but they've got, they're they're trying to compare him to it to try to scare people, and it's weird because they're go they're hearkening back to this USSR versus America thing. I know, man. It's like because there's nothing left to do but right. go to the past. Right. Go to the past because with you Nazis. don't have a vision for the future. Go to the past with Moscow. Go to the past with Nazis, and those are your those are your right. avenues. Yeah. Right. It's the 1940s or, if you'd rather, the 1970s. It's the 1950s or the 1940s. Right. Which, Take your pick. Which era of the past would you like to look <laughs> Podcasters. They live in squalor, destitute and disenfranchised, eking out an existence as best they can in such desolate places as Chicago. In pairs, but otherwise alone, They suffer from hunger and thirst, barely making it day to day on store brand chicken wings and weak domestic beer. But now you can help. For just a few dollars a podcast, pennies a day, you can give them the restaurant-style chicken wings and imported beer that they so desperately need. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can make a difference in their lives, allowing them the opportunity to rant unfettered as nature intended. Please, go to patreon.com backslash distancepod today make a pledge and help these poor innocent creatures lead a life worth living 
So we saw uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Uh, for those of you not familiar, you can uh, check this movie out. It's playing right now. I think we got we got the jump on this one, Cecil. Yeah. The theater was packed. There were upwards of 12 people in there. There was like there. 6 to 10 people in there. Yeah, it was, I mean, we were six of them. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, it wasn't a packed theater, although <laughs> no, it was No, that's definitely a, true. It was a matinee, so yeah, that may, right. it, may be, it may be more at night. But I think it just released either yesterday or the day before. So re- relatively soon it came out. Yeah, but I'm not sure at night it does any better. It's not really your typical yeah. date movie. Yeah. You know, like... What's up, babe? You want to go see that fucking Bible movie? I'm sure to not. Let's come on. Why don't you take a fucking purity pledge before on, we go man, out? We're gonna rock it, yo. <laughs> so yeah. this movie is uh, 28% fresh. It has an average rating of 4.9 out of 10. 122 counter reviews. 34 fresh. 88 rotten. That's, I can see that. I that's can a see lot that. more rotten sure. than fresh by before, pretty wide margin. Before we get into it, yeah. if somebody just wants to know. Before we actually talk about the movie at all, right? If somebody wants to know, should they see it or not? Mm-hmm. Should they see it, Tom? No. Okay. <laughs> no. And it's not because it's so bad. Although we'll get into this, it's yeah. not because it's like, oh man, it's so bad. It's because it's like, you know, it, it answers the fucking, uh, you know, question nobody's asking, right? Which is sure. like. What's the Energizer Bunny going to do next? He's going to fucking just keep doing the same shit he was doing before. Yeah. Like, you know what happens. That's the problem with this movie, right? And that's the problem, I think, with any Bible movie is all they can do is either deviate dramatically from the source material like Noah did, in which case you're just like making crazy, like crazier shit up. Sure. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Um, and they like fire elementals and like fucking stone golems and shit yeah, and weirdness and like a whole population pool of people weird. eating babies on fucking spits and whatever. So weird. Yeah. Like, and then the other alternative, right, is to stick relatively closely to the script. Exodus does an okay job of sticking to the script. Um, although they leave out what I think, and we'll talk about this, are some, some really key elements to the sure, story I think sure. are absurd. Yeah. Um, but you know what happens. So, like, what? I, I guess I just don't even see what you would get out of seeing this movie. Right. Having seen the movie, I didn't get anything out of it. I, right. Although I'm lighter in the pocket. Yeah. Oh, uh, tremendously. It cost almost like, we almost dropped a fucking C note going to see right? this movie. But uh, I will say this if you're going to see a Bible movie, yeah. whatever that Bible movie is, now, whether that movie is, I don't want to say reverential because this movie I don't think was as reverential as people would think it would be. Mm-hmm. No. But what I do want to say is if it's going to talk about the Bible in some sort of at least quasi-positive way, and whether that's a documentary like Monumental, right, when they're talking about the Bible. Did you just call Monumental a documentary? I guess. I mean, in the loosest sense of the word, it is that's a documentary. a mockumentary, sir. You can't make fun of yourself in a documentary. <laughs> so they went into every, ten- every intention to have a documentary, but it's not. If you're going to go see Noah, if you're going to watch some old-timey Ten Commandments right. instead of this, I would say this is probably one of the better religious-themed yeah. films that I've seen. That's not saying a lot. No, right. That's like saying, like, if you're going to eat a fungus-covered cheese. If you're going to eat, let's say, a bowl of ice cream, right. and there's a turd in part of it. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, it's it's not an it's not an awful movie no. by any stretch of the imagination. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been. I thought that there were some redeeming qualities, which we'll get to a little later on. But I think that overall, if you're going to force yourself as a listener to this program, let's face it, you're forcing yourself to watch this shit. Just like I forced it's, myself to eat after the fourth help. Exactly helping. right. Yeah, you, know. you just keep on piling on your plate. You're I'm like forcing, a foie gras goose at this point. Forcing yourself to watch this movie, you're going to force yourself to watch it. 
it's not funny enough to Misty. There no. are funny parts, there and are. you can, I think, get some good, clever lines in here, but it's going to be, they're few and far between. It's mostly wandering. I mean, it's mostly a wandering movie, so it's, it's not, there's, and it's kind of slow paced, so it's really not very useful for Misty. Right. So you're not going to find those, those, uh, those parts to Misty. There, you're also not going to find those parts uh, that are just so absurd that you're going to laugh out loud. You're going to find kind of a dull movie. And while I think it's probably the best one you could watch, there's no reason to watch it. When we talk about books and we talk about their adaptation into film, we have to, I think, there's got to be some comparison point. Now, they can't be perfect and they can't cover the entire thing, but they can be somewhat, uh, they, they have to resemble one another. Yeah, there's always somewhat. a relationship yeah. with the source material that has to be considered. And, yeah. and if you leave out major characters and, and large things, people get pissed off. The people who follow the books right. get pissed off. So in... Uh, for example, in Lord of the Rings, there's all those people like, hey, where's Tom Bombadil? He's not in anywhere in the Lord of the Rings, and he's a huge part of the original series, and you've got to talk about Tom Bombadil. We're not going to do that, right? right? So like, like, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy out there who's furious that he's not in sure. the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies. I personally am absolutely furious that there was not as many tabernacles as I thought there would be in this movie. <laughs> I read the book. I read the book Exodus it, with expectation, with bated breath, waiting for the tabernacles, for the arcs, for the drapes in which they're going to adorn these things. And, and I was cheated, completely cheated out yeah. of all of those things. None of those. And, you know, the thing is that the, the, the Bible goes into great specificity yeah. about, you know, what kind of wood is to be used and what the inlay is going to look like and how many rings go on each side of sure. the fucking doohickey sure. that they're building. How many cherubim are on it. And, right. yeah, and absolutely. what the cherubim are going to look like yeah. and what their gas smells like. I mean, yeah. it's just everything. Yeah. Every, yeah. every fucking Every little tiny detail. bit you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So Exodus, Gods and Kings, what is this? What what pieces of the story get covered? Well, it's, you know, Moses's best buddies with with uh, Ramses, which like is I think that's that's kind of yeah. this follows the book. Pretty they're totes well. BFFs. Yeah. They're totes BFFs. So. And uh, they even have swords to prove it. It's yeah, like, they got matchy like, matchies. They're like they're like sword mizpahs. I don't know if you remember those things. <laughs> <laughs> They like fit together, right? In like some weird right. way. It's like you get the one side, I get the other, you get side. the other side. We'll forever be friends. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So they're they're <laughs> they like have fucking pillow fights. They stay up all night watching movies. Yeah, and, you know. So, but whatever. They're totes BFFs um, until there's a big battle. So there's a big random goofball battle. And one of the, and there's a prophecy that happens at the very beginning of the film. Oh yes, there's, yes, a, yes, prophecy, there's a prophecy. This 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 woman who is a mystic says something about someone who was a leader is not going to be a leader, and then somebody else is a leader is going to wasn't a leader is going to be a leader or something right, like right, that. And right. it's and 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 the initial impression is that the the Ramses, the guy who's the going to be the pharaoh eventually, right, is going to die. And Moses is going to take his place, even though he can't because he's an adopted son or something right, like that. Right. And so that's what the, everybody thinks is going to happen. And what happens is, is Moses saves Ramsey's life. And that's where all yep. of the discord starts in the whole movie. That's where the main plot narration takes a hard hit and everything right. starts going to shit. So I think one thing that you they don't tell you, but I think it's reasonable to infer, is that Ramsey's has a fucking micro penis. Yeah. Because he right. is so insecure. Right. But so Ramsey's like, he gets his life saved, and then, you know, he looks over in this, like, like moment where he's like, over at Moses, and, the, like, the battle is raging on, and they have this fucking eyes locked, yeah. like, reunited, like, and this it moment. feels so good. <laughs> and, 
And he's like, wait a minute, you saved me. It's opposite day. Yeah. Like, it's bizarro battle. Right. You know, and so and then so there's this fucking weirdness now between the two of them. Who's the roast face guy who's playing Ramses in this? Because I, I don't know. I I, I kind of recognized him. I but he's so too. hard to tell who he is under the Maybelline. I just it's like <laughs> I just can't tell who it is. Yeah, I don't know. They I just I think they just picked the fucking hairless doughy dude. Yeah, I mean like, it looked like Telly Savalas from the original <laughs> one. <laughs> it's gonna be sucking on a sucker. You know, the, to speed the plot along, essentially Moses gets. Uh, he gets tattled on. Somebody says, right. "Oh, he's a yeah. he's actually a Jew," and and somebody and they they somehow believe it. It's just he he spends his whole life as like literally the son of the king, right? And then someone comes along with some shoddy information, and immediately it's a big deal. Well, and I think what you're supposed to think there is that Ramses believes it because it's convenient for him to exile Moses based on that information. I guess. And get Moses out of the way because he's scared that Moses, from this prophecy, will then take over his role as king of the Egyptians. Sure. Which doesn't make any sense because he can't take over that role. Right. But at the same time, don't you think when you watch something like this, how stupid you people are? Because all it takes is two or three people worth of misinformation, and right. you'll and you'll get rid of the best general you have. Why not? If that's the case, if that still fucking worked today, which it wouldn't right. fucking work even if you tried, why not try to convince? I don't know. In two thousand one, trying to convince Osama bin Laden that he was actually c- Christian or right. Catholic. Right. Send somebody. Oh, you didn't know, but when you were a baby, you fucking floated down the river. You're actually a fucking Jew. You know and it, Why not right. send some disinformation if that actually? Nobody would believe. That's why it doesn't work, because yeah. nobody believes it. It's it's really, it's like one of those cheap plot points where it's like, you know, like you ever see those like bad comedies that revolve around everybody not communicating mm-hmm, properly? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, you know, she thinks I'm cheating on her, but I'm really out buying her presents. And it's like, and then she fucking, and then they <laughs> I'm, to, I'm, I'm actually doing dancing lessons so I can surprise her. <laughs> right. Oh, and I'm dancing with uh, Sophia Viagra. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sophia Viagra. Viagra. That's her name, right? That Sophia should be. Viagra. That's her name. Works just yeah. fine. <laughs> no, but you, 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 yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. So yeah. exile Moses. Right. He disappears and heads off into the fucking great big world, meets a girl, settles down. Ten years later, they do another flashback. There's Moses hanging out. Decides for some reason to, I guess, to prove to his son that he can climb a mountain because God says you can't go up there. And they actually believe a totally different thing than the Hebrews believe. And right, his sort of led to believe. Yeah. And you're also led to believe that Moses is kind of an atheist. He's kind of an agnostic. Doesn't really care. Doesn't really know. Doesn't certainly doesn't believe right. in mysticism. He actually makes an homage to reason in the beginning. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And so he heads up on the mountain. Catches a fucking rock in a mudslide right in the kisser and fucking gets knocked out. So he's out cold. His wife wakes him up and he has a he has a vision, this crazy vision of this little boy. And God in this movie embodies it's it's anthropomorphized as a child, as yeah. a maybe a ten year old, ten eleven year old kid, um, yeah. and a, a vicious, awful, fucking Damien like child. <laughs> I mean, really, is is he not? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's oh. essentially Damien. Yeah. And so. Which is not far off from the Abrahamic Old Testament God. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. You're like, and, and he okay, really, well done. He feels like a kid who would put you out in the corn. Yeah. He feels like that kid on the Twilight. When I think, I mean, not to get ahead, but I do think that that's an intentional decision. Because if you are going to look at the Abrahamic Old Testament God, it's a temper tantrum God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it it makes sense yeah. to, choose, to make that decision. Sure. I actually think that was a very critical decision. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think and I think it's a great decision. Not only that, 
it turns out that Moses is the only one who can see God. So he'll have conversations when people are around and he's talking to a rock. And it's like they invented the pet rock 2000 years ago (laughs) because he's having a conversation with it. So he's talking to nothing. And it's actually kind of laugh out loud funny. If you if you were to take a step back. And and view the world as one of his followers, you would think he's fucking batshit insane. Sure you would. Yeah. But in any case, Moses has this epiphany that he has to go back and help his people, who he eventually finally realizes that he's part of. So he goes back, tells the Pharaoh, let my people go. And he doesn't actually say those words, but no, who kinda, gives a kinda shit? Like, kinda, hey, should yeah, let him let him go or pay them wages. And he really and, and in a lot of ways, he felt he felt like he was saying what he was saying to them was. I kind of still am with you, but I think that there's some bad shit that's going to happen. So right. you should let your, these, these people He was really go. looking for a policy decision. Yeah, exactly. And so – and it's funny because they even say that out loud. Right. At, out loud at one point. He's like, are you asking me to make a policy decision? And he says like that's really bad economics at yeah. one point. Like yeah. the Ramses is like, yeah. that costs a lot of money. It felt like you're sitting around a table at the UN. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing got done. Exactly. So it felt very yeah. similar. Yeah. So uh, – then they move into Ramsey's refusing, and then they start the plagues. I think that the plagues in this, uh, the, the, the plagues don't come first. Moses tries to do some guerrilla warfare, which is ultimately ineffective. And not um, only ineffective, but it's like the reprisals for it yeah, are not good. They're, and they don't even make yeah, sense. They're just, they're just hanging random people for no reason. Right. Well, just to the, strike fear. I guess there is right. a reason, but, you know, yeah. in any Well, case. and then the Burnageddon. They burn down. They burn a whole town. That, again, is this, that's a bad economic decision. I know. Like <laughs> the, all your, all your, Okay, so at one point, they kill, uh, they kill some people and blow up some... Uh, like granaries, some granaries or and then they also sink some ships with some shit on it. And so Ramses is pissed off and basically burns the ghetto where all the Jews live, kills a shit ton of people and burns all their houses down. And it doesn't even make any sense from an from a standpoint of he wants to finish his palace, because if he wants to finish his goddamn palace, why is he making his workforce rebuild their own goddamn houses? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like slaves like that's the thing. I mean, I know this is getting aside, but like. When you watch this, you just – it's so obviously untrue, right? Because if there's anything we know about the institution of slavery from having instituted it in the South in America, it's that slaves are really expensive. Like it's it's not like you have a slave and it's like end game. Like you have to feed and house and clothe. Like there are costs to having – slavery is not a cost-free thing, right? right? Like it's a delicate balance between – you know, am I getting more output, production output from this unit of work than I'm paying out to support this unit of work? Well, when you burn down their houses and slaughter them by the fucking hundreds and hundreds, you're like, you're just like, it'd be like going into like your fucking automotive plant and being like, I'm so mad I broke the machine that puts doors on cars. <laughs> yeah, it's breaking like, your computer at work. Right. Why would you do this? Like, Even if it's making you mad, you still just try to fix it. Right. You don't just like, yeah. hit it with a fucking hammer yeah. and be like, <laughs> no, I need a new computer. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You, yeah. You're, it, very it, expensive it, decision. In one hand, you're so worried about economics and the next second, you're literally stabbing babies through the face. Right. You know? right. <laughs> it's so, crazy. So the next bit is the plague. So God comes down and they do a very good job of depicting, like you say, a childish God who says, watch me fucking work. Right. And so the plagues start with a plague of crocodiles, which is brand new. I love that. Brand new. I love that. That was an inventive. It was when the croc showed up. Were you surprised? I was. I thought at first I thought I was so hoping that it was literally going to be a plague of crocodiles just ran into the city and just started eating <laughs> people. Eating people up. But here's what happens. 
So it's a, it's kind of like the the guy who swallowed the fly to catch the spider or whatever yeah, the fuck right, in that right. law yet story. So here's what happens. It's this Rube Goldberg-esque way in which God decides to bring the plagues on the humans. First, the crocodiles attack and kill some dudes and spread their blood all over in the water. Then they start attacking each other and spreading their own blood. And so there's just this big blood gore. Fish can't breathe. They die. And so they float up to the top and then start bleeding, I guess. And so there's just a big bunch of blood in the water. Just a fucking big horde of blood. Right. The Nile is ruined. The Nile's ruined for for how long? It's a fucking flowing river. I know, river. that's the thing. How long is it ruined for? It seemed to be ruined for a while. It seemed like it, because then the frogs came up, and there was just this fucking mess of frogs flying. Which the frogs are the least effective plague, because they just seem kind of bothersome. It's just like, it's like having a squishy carpet. Like, that's <laughs> all it is. There's really nothing to it. And, and the woman, the best part is this woman, sleeps <laughs> through an entire covering of frogs. She wakes up. And wakes no up shit. horrified. She wakes up, no shit, covered in frogs. Literally covered. She probably has 200 frogs on her. If she and had... She's a- like, whoa, what? Was I asleep she- when the hundreds and hundreds of frogs... She would have less frogs on her if she had a frog fetish. <laughs> <laughs> that woman is a fucking deep sleeper. I'll tell you, you what. Could- but in any case, so the frogs then oh. die, rot... And the flies come. Right. The flies then basically are attack flies that swarm and destroy everybody. Everybody. People start literally. I mean, and 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 this is not a a, a cost free plagues. Each one of these plagues is killing what looks like dozens, if not hundreds, of people at least. The very Plus next, all their food and water exactly. is now ruined. The next, the next thing that happens is all these people that got bit by the flies now have boils, and they start like having to rub this fucking poultice on themselves. <laughs> they're all covered in nasty, crusty boils, right? And they all look like fucking the thing from the four, the Fantastic Four, right? And and then right after that, after the flies descend on them, then the locusts come. The locusts eat all their grain. Then uh, at this point, the tenuous there's a tenuous relationship between uh, the the granaries being guarded, and then the grain are the people wanting to right. steal them, and Ramsey start killing his own people. Then right after this happens, after the they k- kills the people for the granaries. All the animals just get sick and start dying. They all have like face explosions. They all have face explosions. Exactly it. Because at one point, one of the horse, the horse spits up blood. Right. Ramsey sticks his fucking, he basically fists the thing's mouth for a second, pulls his hand out. It's covered in gore. And he turns to one of his servants, like, did you do this? What the fuck what would you could he have do that? possibly have done to do that? What are Were you, you do? fucking this horse's yeah. mouth again? Did you put a blood packet in his face? Right. But uh, after that happens, then the final plague. And I may be missing a plague. No, yeah, in there's here. a darkness plague. The darkness one. Yeah, it, there's a darkness plague, and then the hail plague. The hail plague comes after, and then the final plague, of right. course, is go out and kill a lamb and put its blood on the door. And Which, if not, if you don't kill the kill a lamb and put its blood on the door, a darkness will come come over you. And no matter how old your in, your son is, your firstborn son, he will have sids. No matter how old, I know. <laughs> he will automatically have sids and die. You know, I, I want to talk about because, like, whenever I pictured the Passover story, um, and I guess whenever I like form that mental image, I, I form like an image of like like a wooden door with like a little schmear of just blood. tiny little bit, like a, like a schmear, right? Yeah, like, just like yeah, like like you're putting these on a bagel. people were fucking they were they were fucking Tom Sawyering. <laughs> <laughs> they totally were. Like they had buckets of they blood. Literally they literally did. Like, yeah, they were like painting their fucking houses in fucking lamb blood. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. Yeah. They're just like, I'm not making any mistake, right? Because I guess like God just 
misses a spot sometimes. Like, oh, uh, I know I killed a guy there. No, I fucking put the blood up. Oh, I didn't see it. He's. I, I, you would think he would be able to land this plane. Yeah, you know, right? without the guy on the ground with the fucking sticks that waves the sticks at him or whatever, you would think he'd be able to land this plane without any help. Yeah. So it, it, I'm going to finish up the story really quickly. Essentially, uh, it's uh, from that point on for about 20 minutes, it's picks of dead kids for 20 straight minutes. Oh my God. It's dead kid, dead kid, dead kid. All these dead kids, everybody crying, wailing, weeping, punching themselves in the face because they're so sad. <laughs> And dead kids. It's right. just dead kid Super after dead sad. kid after dead kid. Yeah. If you're if if that's your thing, this is a movie for you. Oh, dude, you'll have a fucking dead kid boner the whole time. There's plenty of dead kids to check out. You'll love it. They even wrap little dead kids up. They gift wrap them at one point <laughs> as a mummy. They they mummify one of the dead kids, and I... he's all rigor mortis, like sticking straight out. Like he looks like they took like they took and they TP'd a lawn jockey. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw. I feel so bad, but like with a little fucking tiny mummy baby, it was so fucking funny. Because like mummies are hilarious. Mummies are very funny. That's like such, and he's like, oh, white. He looks like fucking Casper. Like it's like somebody murdered Casper in your house. Oh, they totally did too. It looks super funny. It's, they held a ghost so pillow, oil pillow over his head until he stopped breathing. <laughs> so Ramsey's pissed. Dead kid. He's carrying him up, shaking him like a fucking stick at at Moses, and then says, "Get the hell out of my country." They bolt. They leave. Moses basically takes his crew of four hundred thousand people to the to That's the Red Sea. And they they part the Red Sea. Ramsey's on the way, catches the worst luck of, like, there's a landslide at one point. And I can't imagine. He lost over three quarters of his force just with that. The landslide, actually, I will give this. The landslide looked cool. The landslide looked cool, but it was hilarious because all these people that you wanted to die died. And I was like, that guy died. Good. That guy's dead. I I didn't like that guy. When the landslide comes down, it's I thought he had, like... Like seven dudes left. I know it totally looked like it, but he he had a few more. They make it to the Red Sea, the sea parts, but it doesn't part in the in the way in which the old Ten Commandments. Yeah, it just kind of it just recedes. goes away. It yeah. just goes away. And there's a lot of that in this movie where there's it's it's trying to be, I guess, try to be as realistic as possible. It's trying to come up with like a plausible right. way, a plausible for way to for it to happen. And so he runs across. And while at some points it's being plausible, an entire wall full of water hits Moses because all the Jews make it out of there. Right. All the all the all the Pharaoh's guys try to turn their chariots around and can't make it. There's a showdown at the OK Corral in the middle of the Red Sea with Moses versus Ramses. And they're staring at each other. They both get hit by the water and they both survive. And it's like a 700 foot tidal wave that crashes onto them. Yeah. To to. uh to be hyperbolic about the amount of water that literally falls directly on their heads. On their faces. It would be tens of millions of pounds of water. Yeah. And it just like, boom, nails these guys. And he's just like, uh, one uh, guy. One guy scrapes his back. Right. The worst thing that happens is Moses scrapes his back. They both wind up on opposite shores somehow. And Ramsey swims. Covered in armor. Yeah, they both do actually, and then they and then they both kind of just dust each other off, dust themselves off, and disappear. You don't see anything from Ramses, and that is actually very close to the end of the movie. 
Moses meets up with his wife again, and then that's that's really it. He that's just it. goes yeah. off into the off into the into the uh, mountain. Yeah. He goes off in the mountain to carve the rules, but they don't even talk about the rules at all. Nope. And then they're in a busket at the end. The arc they make an arc. So I'm right. happy that it at least showed an arc in this because they went through all that trouble in Exodus the book to talk about it. They go through the trouble to actually show one, but you you see at the end of the movie. Whereas in the the Ten Commandments, I think is the name of the movie with Charlton Heston. There's that's only the first half of the movie. Then there's another whole half where he's the people are wandering around the desert and then they get manna from heaven and then they go up on the thing and then they build the fucking golden calf and then they have to write the rules and then Roses throws the grenade rules at them and then they blow (laughs) up and and so there's all this extra shit that happens in this movie they kind of cut it right after the Red Sea it's it's over I think some of the best stuff they do in this movie is uh, uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is when Ramsey's is shaking his dead mummy child at Moses, and he looks over his decrepit, uh, sort of decomposing, rotting child at at at, uh, at Christian Bale, and says, "You worship a god that would kill all these children." Right. And I was, I just thought, yeah, this is crazy. And they pull no punches with the amount of fucking destruction that this little shitty god goes through in this movie. Right. And and let's be clear too, like the plagues, the plagues to me are the most interesting piece, right? Because they're the part of this story that is that to me is is so absolutely unbelievable. The plagues make no sense right. to me. Um, I mean, none of it makes any sense, but the plagues make like extra no sense. Sure, like sure. I don't even know how else to say that. So so let's talk a little bit about the plagues, right? So all of the plagues, just like Revelation, right? All of the plagues would have killed all of the people. Sure. Nobody survives these plagues. You don't need seven plagues. You just need any one of these plagues. Sure. Except you, for the frogs. Yeah, the frogs were just weird. The frogs are the dumb. The frogs are just like, yeah. great, frog legs. Yeah. I, you know, like, all right. Cool. Yeah, you give an entire population leprosy, not many are going to survive, it right. turns out. <laughs> but, like, if you, t- if you have an entire population that relies on the water from the river and you fucking poison, poison the water— yeah. People don't do real well without water for a while. Uh, although in this movie they do, because this movie is shot on a fucking barren landscape of ultimate destruction. At every moment, there is nothing around but just desolation and rock and fucking sadness and an unbelievable amount of wind. Wind. Just a just lot of wind. It's always so windy. There's always like a giant tunnel fan at the outside the set right. to spit some fucking sand and wind up. But the thing that makes me, the thing about the, the story, about Exodus, the book, that I thought when I was reading it, like, doesn't make any sense. And I think it's really interesting that they skip this, is that each time Moses would go to the Pharaoh and he'd be like, hey, should really let these people go? And then there'd be a line, but God hardened his heart. Thing is, is, is that's only at the last couple plagues. Pharaoh hardened his own heart in the beginning. But before the plagues even started, there's a line that says, where, where, where God is telling Moses what he's going to do. And he says, yeah, I'm going to do all this shit. But I'm going to harden his heart so he won't let your people go. Yeah. Okay, so you've taken free will out of Pharaoh's equation. Sure. yeah. So free will, it's like this thing that the Bible relies upon to justify evil, right? The evil that's visited upon people in the Bible relies upon that free will element. Well, they made their choice. They made their choice. They made their choice. Here you have somebody who did not make a choice, who had all of these horrors visited upon his people and was unable to make a different choice because according to the story in your Bible, God hardens his heart, won't allow him to see 
reason or sure. to see. So, like, you read that and it's like, well, that's antithetical to your whole I kind of wonder why foundational if he knows belief. if he knows his, his heart's going to be hard and why even go? Well, why even bother with all this? Yeah. It's so extraneous. It just seems like cruelty yeah. for the sake of cruelty. They caught it right out of the movie, though, because he, never, he right? never goes back to him until the very end to tell him, hey, man, do this now or your kid's going to die. Right. Because yeah, God is going to fucking God war. is going to fucking basically kill every single child here. Right. I, and I got to wonder, too. They say the firstborn son dies. At what age is that? Because yeah. wasn't Ramsey like wasn't a firstborn? Ramsey boy? the firstborn yeah. son? So I just wonder what, at what point. The other thing about this movie, that I think this movie does a good job of showing, like, the suffering of all the people who have fucking nothing to do with this. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, there's all these people that are just like. It is yeah. the most collateral damage I've ever seen right? in any movie. Yeah, doesn't it emphasize Absolutely. how weirdly impotent God would be in order? Yeah. Like, this is his set of solutions. Yeah, like your set of solutions is really mechanical and weird, and it sucks. And like, why would you do the thing? And like, even if you read the book, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this plague. All right, that seems like it'd be pretty convincing. Yeah, but I'm hard in his heart, so it doesn't work. So I have to do more plagues. Well, you just want to do more plagues. Yeah, you just, you just fucking, you just want to do more plagues. <laughs> Why would you do that? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And, and I mean, and and seriously, the end of the story in Exodus and in the in the movie itself, when he leaves, Moses leaves. Moses right. says, he says, "Get the hell out of here!" And they just take off. Why not just kill them? Why not? You have every opportunity. You have. Right. You don't have three legions of troops. You have literally all of your troops. They're all right here. You have swords. They have a few swords, but you're going to be able to kill them all if you want to kill them. But somehow you let them go and get like a five day head start on you. And then you make the decision yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going to nah, I'm just going to kill him. OK, well, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense. And the reason why is because this book, let's be honest with this book. Uh, you and I talked about this on the way home. There's no way to read this book. Look, we read this book before we because we wanted to see how close right. it was to the actual story. So we both read Exodus. There's no way to look at this book, take this book and hug it as hard as you fucking can <laughs> and say, God bless us. This is a wonderful story passed down by the Lord. Right. When I read this story, I think, wow, that's a 2000 year old poorly told story about mythical people that makes no fucking that never touches reality. Right. That never once touches reality. And that's that's what it felt like when I watched this movie today. Yeah, it doesn't have any relationship with anything that could ever happen. And you don't even it's like that. We don't have to be that pedantic about it. Right. Although being pedantic about things can certainly be fun. Um, we don't even have to be that pedantic to know that there's no way that any of this shit could have happened. You know, and one of the things, too, that's interesting about about reading the book is that God is God comes down. And he's like super jealous of other gods. Sure. But he really implies the existence of other gods. I don't know if you caught that when you were reading it, but like he's like, hey, man, like the other gods suck. I'm the one that's really good. I'm the so it, it actually implies a polytheistic world. It, Wherein this god is actually just absolutely. the mightiest of the gods, yep. or at least wants to be known as the mightiest of the gods, yep. because he's constantly fucking pissing and moaning about the other gods. And you're like, well, yeah, man, but if God exist, is bro. complaining about yeah. other gods, he's not saying like, yeah, you guys are worshiping gods that aren't real, yeah. right? He never says that. Instead, he's saying things like, yeah, you guys should really, like, I should be the one. Sure. I should be your fucking big I'm boss. the number one. The rest of them are all kind of, they're right. kind of lesser gods. I'm going to read Exodus. This is Exodus 23, 13. Pay attention to all I have said to you and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. 
I mean, it, it, that's exactly it, right. right? It's this idea that you can't even mention them. Don't even say them around me. And one of the things that I think was interesting in this movie that, that, that really like came to light girlfriend. in the very beginning, that prophecy was right. Yeah. Where is she getting her prophecy from? Yep. Her God's got to be real, too, if that's the case. Right. Her God has to be giving her these things to let her know that this prophecy comes true. So they're implying this sort of mystical world wherein you can look to another God. It doesn't matter which God you're looking to to find a prophecy because her prophecy comes true. Right. Well, and more than implying it in the actual Bible, in the story of Exodus. So um, in the story of Exodus, there are the first several plagues. There's a thing where it's like, yeah, and then the fucking holy people replicated it and they so did the Ramses exact same was thing. unconvinced yeah. right they basically took the they took the fucking frogs they did the frog plague in the beginning they, they did, did the they river did like of the blood first four plagues it's like the first four and uh, my favorite part of the whole thing is the stick to snakes shit Oh, he has a part. staff? He has a staff. He walks up in the, in the book. Now, this isn't in the movie. They cut this completely out of the movie. Right. But in the, in, the, in the book, he walks up and he's got this stick. And it's a fucking stick. And he says, ah, oh, look at me. I got God at my side. And he throws it down and turns it into a snake. And all the other fucking, all the, all the, the witch doctors or whatever are just like, yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> know, and man. they basically do the exact same thing. But the only reason you know he's awesome is because his snake eat all oh, their no, snakes. snakes. <laughs> I know. It's exactly the point of like, like the polytheistic, like this is yeah. not a monotheistic book. You're right. Right. You're right. Exodus is a book of polytheism. Yeah. It's just saying like, yeah, all right, there's other gods, but I mean, they're like a bunch of pussies, yeah. you know? I do want to talk about one thing that I, that was conveniently left out. So now the the, the Jewish people get released from slavery, and now sure. we've been corrected many times on the slavery pyramid thing. A bunch of people got their panties in a bunch a long time ago when we said that the pyramids were created by slaves. I don't sure, even think we right. said that. I think we didn't just, say it. There was, but some, there just there like, was some sort they of they weren't thing. actually created by I'm slaves. I just I know. So I know none of this happened. Yeah, like any, Cecil yeah. and I are not implying that yeah. any of this happened. Right. So, but in any case. Um, in this particular movie, they go to great lengths to say that they were enslaved for 400 years, and they show them building monuments in right. so all of the Egyptian all of the Egyptian monuments, monuments in this are, story. In this story, are being built by right. these Hebrews, and so I want to read a part of this. This is laws about slaves, Exodus 21. Oh. When you buy a Hebrew slave, when you buy a Hebrew slave, that's how it starts out in Exodus 21 too. He shall serve six years, and, sh and the seventh year shall be go free, go free for nothing. If he, be if he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons and daughters, the wife and children shall, bear her master, shall be her masters, and he shall go out alone. Isn't that the most insidious, awful, shitty thing that you could do to someone is Give them a wife, so then now they have to stay right. as a slave, right? right? Because you're giving them something that they don't want to leave behind, yeah. right? Don't want to leave your family behind. So I'm going to continue on. This is uh, Exodus 21.5. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go free, then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an owl... All an all, yeah. I say all because it owl. just sounds better. I, love that. I like. Well, I like I, the idea. I want to bring a Harry Potter in whenever I can, so they're going to bore him with. Ooh, an owl. Oh God! And he shall be a slave forever. Yeah. They they conveniently left out the part where where God goes out of the fucking out of his way 
to talk about these laws. And right. one of the laws is, by the way, here's a law on slavery from which I just set you free of 400 years of. The slavery stuff in that book um, is is abhorrent. There's no way for you to read that and be like, oh, that seems like the actions of a just God. And if I'm going to look at the slavery stuff and I'm going to read the part about like, yeah, if you beat your slave, oh, there's, there's, but he doesn't yeah. die. Yep. All good. It's all good. It's Fine. All good, no yeah. problem. Knock his fucking teeth out. Right. Might be a problem, though. Knock yeah. his tooth out, then there's some it's reparations. There's reparations in there. Right. I want to read another piece here. It says, when men strive together and hit a pregnant oh. woman so that her children come out. Right. Now, that sounds like a fucking preterm fucking Dude, that's birth Beating there. a woman until she goes into labor. Yeah. But there is no harm. How does how 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 did that happen? The one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is no harm, but but if there is harm, then he shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe, balls for balls. I added the balls. Right. I yeah, added the balls. Right. Sorry. No, nuts for nuts. It's always the ball. Vagina for vagina. Always comes back. <laughs> pubic always hair for back. pubic hair. How do you read that? And then, and then, you know, the thing is that I'm supposed to read Exodus, and I'm supposed to look at the Ten Commandments, right? And I'm supposed to say, like, right. Oh man, that seems like that seems like a set of laws and you delivered think that's from on high by just God. Right. You think right. that's where it stops, but it doesn't stop. There. Right. No, it goes on for it's pages and forever. pages and pages. Here's another piece, and now this is something just in case all of you uh, entrepreneurial people out there. Who wanted to go into the business of trapping trapping oxen? I would like yeah. to bring read this to you. <laughs> I hear it. When I hear good things <laughs> in Oxen Valley. It's like the new. Let me tell you, the market is bullish. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. So let me read here. Laws. This is laws about restitution. When a man opens a pit. Or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, <laughs> the owner of the pit shall make restoration. <laughs> the owner of the pit. Hey, whose pit is this? Oh, oh it's my pit. My bad, bro. <laughs> oh, no, I'm my supposed bad. to cover that pit. Oh, Jesus, what was I thinking? John, cover your pit. <laughs> God cover damn it. with open pit barbecue it's sauce. full of oxen again. It's full of oxen and barbecue sauce. <laughs> that sounds delicious. And then there's and then in Exodus there's there's 25 pages worth of uh, specifications for how to build shit. Yeah, I could not read that. Cecil. I, I, I just skimmed it all I that skimmed shit. It I'm, like, too. I'm not building myself. a lot of arcs. I couldn't help myself. It was so bad. Yeah, the thing is that I, I didn't feel like uh, although this is the holy word of of God Himself, I thought I'm going to skip the construction advice. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't even take that much construction advice from somebody who works at Home Depot. <laughs> right. <laughs> like all of a sudden. At a certain point, like, at a certain point I would look at them and say, Mind your own fucking business. Right. I'll build a deck how I want to build a deck. <laughs> Don't tell me how many cubits go into it. I want to read one last quote. This is from Exodus. And um and this is after now this isn't depicted in the film. This is in the book. Now they do show a tiny bit of the of the calf. There's a calf in the in the in the crowd. It. it was a cow. It was lit on fire and they were worshiping it. But it was oh, gotcha. it was just one of those camera passes over it. Moses, follow me up to the mountain and chisel some shit out. Oh, That's yeah, basically yeah, yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah. It's really quick. But they did show it. And uh, and I want to talk a little bit about what God has to what what Moses does to the people after they make a calf. So they make a golden calf and he sees it and he comes down. And he's fucking furious. So he whips the fucking hand grenade fucking tablets at people. Right. They explodinate and he looks at them and says, okay, I'm going to take this calf. I'm going to burn it with fire 
and ground it into powder, and he scattered it in the water and made the people drink it. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. It's so weird that people are like, fuck, this guy's kind of a dick. It's like the worst Powerade ever. <laughs> like, it doesn't replace any electrolytes. It's the worst. Here's, here's, here's where the story really falls apart, right? Nobody would behave like that, and it doesn't even matter who you're referring to. Right. Ramses wouldn't behave like that. Moses wouldn't behave like that. And the people following Moses, right. they sure as motherfuck wouldn't behave like that. I can't and imagine. more importantly, a god yeah. would not behave like that. Yeah. Nobody would be everybody in the story is constantly doing shit that if you're if you have any fucking sense at all, like the people, like let's talk about the golden calf, right? If if I am a person who just witnessed a vengeful god kill hundreds if not thousands of people plus the fucking horrors of starvation and dehydration and boils and other fucking nonsense they're going to have to suffer after we all leave because remember too that's not included in the in the movie that when the Jews fucking boogie nights out of uh <laughs> out of out of Egypt they take everybody's shit cuz God says like yeah take yeah, your, take loot, all their gold like, like loot them loot all loot their that shit. shit yeah so like what is what is Egypt left with no water all their animals are dead. The locusts ate all their fucking food. It was dark for a long time, so they're not going to fucking grow anything for a while. Right. No matter they, where they step, it squishes because there's frogs, frogs dead on the ground. Frogs covering everything. Yeah. Frogs and flies over fucking everything. Sure. All their they, livestock's dead. All their livestock's been killed by either random livestock disease or like, or the hailstones. Or random lamb needing, like needing a lamb like, just yeah. so you could fucking Where they got the lambs, I had That's no idea. That's a lot idea. of lambs. Although, admittedly, one lamb could probably... Like when you when you freshly squeeze a squeeze lamb, a lamb. <laughs> you get a lot of blood. You put him in the lamb juicer. <laughs> you put him on one of those things that spins around. It's like the little like uh, juicer where you say it's a point on it, and you just oh shove yeah, just like, No, I'm thinking of the one that spins. Oh you know, the yeah, the old timey one. Like yeah. we're talking like a 1930s right. juicer. Yeah, you just stuff him oh, on there. Oh yeah, the reamer. The reamer. reamer. The auto like reamer. The citrus reamer. Yeah, it's auto like a reamer. fucking lamb reamer. <laughs> a fucking. Ugh. Oh, no. So, like, everybody in Egypt, how anybody could possibly survive, plus then they decimate the firstborn. Which sure, is like, sure. Nest, I mean, I don't know. Like, you There's make a, a lot of firstborn shit going on in this, for sure. Well, so, okay, so God does all that shit, and then later, the people are constantly bitching, right? The people in the story are like, yeah, what would you fucking deliver us out of there for, dick? Yeah, man, no, I'm hungry and shit. And then, and then God shits out some manna for them right. to eat. And then later they're going to be like, yeah, we'll take a cow. I'll just take a golden cow to worship. What are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Nobody would do that. He'd be like, that God is super me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> people, to, people not to piss off today. The Hebrew God is that on the top so of the mean. list. He's so mean. It's like, I would rather. Like the I, overseer of an angry orphanage. I, yeah, I would rather go to like the worst part of London and borrow money from a loan shark <laughs> than piss off that God. It's awful. Uh, so, Tom. The movie itself, though, uh, while it fumble fucks itself its way through the through the story and is kind of boring at points, CG's not bad. Yeah, the film itself has some some redeeming qualities in the sense that I think that there is some okay acting. While there's a lot of filler acting throughout, there is some okay acting, and I think that uh, if you're going to want to watch a movie from the Bible, this would be your movie. I I can't rate it 
super hot. It's a big if too. Like if you're right. going to want to watch a Bible, there's movie, a lot of there's like, a lot of ifs. Yeah, if you're going to want to go hang gliding with a feather, I can't rate it super high, but I would say I'd give this movie a one point five. Oh, see, and I was actually willing to go as far as one point seven five on this. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, so you lower it to one point five two. No, no, I'll say one point. The thing is, it's not actually that. It's not boring. It doesn't no. commit the car. There are some scenes. There that are, are some super boring. boring. There's some boring scenes. There's some shit that just drags the fuck on. But yeah. it's got like that big, grand, epic sort of feel to it. Um, so, but I, I do want to also rate Exodus, the oh, actual the story actual of story Exodus. Of Exodus. I can't rate that. So I'm going to rate the story of Exodus, but I've, I think we've got to rate it on a couple of different levels. So on a believability scale, right? it's a fucking straight up zero. I believe that there is an ancient people who wrote it. I mean, I certainly believe that. Yeah, it certainly got written down. Yeah, it got written yeah. down at some point, so I but, believe that. But in terms of like any of those events actually occurring, and I mean any of them, like Hebrew slaves. No, not, I not don't real. think so. Yeah, not real. An actual exodus of people, an actual plague of all the shit. Of fucking Ten Commandments, the God issue, the character of Moses, who's 920 years old. None of those things happened. I would say on a believability scale, you're right. The none of it seems none of it seems like it happens. No, yeah. I can't think of one piece of Exodus sure. where I could say, yeah. like, well, maybe that happened, but then they just yeah. fucking like like took it an extra step sure. or like were hyperbolic about yeah. it. I don't think any of that shit, not not one single moment of it was even remotely true. It's funny that that the stories that get remade in the Bible are the ones that are at the very beginning because I feel like after Mo after Exodus, people just put the book down. They're just done with it. They they read these, they read these two stories. They read the Adam and Eve story, they read that sort of thing, and then they read Exodus, and then they go, I think I kinda get it. I'm okay. And they just leave it alone. And then they feel bad. So maybe they pick the Jesus story up at New Testament. But the rest of that stuff in between, I have a feeling the reason why we don't see any movies about Solomon or any of this other stuff yeah. is because people just don't read it because people give up after Exodus because it's so stupid and boring when you got to read and let's talk about another rating for that book the 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 interest rating is through the floor it's yeah. the worst because it, not only is the story boring all the all the plagues are boring because it's written in such a stupid way that you just don't believe it happened. It's like an outline yeah and it's and it really is an outline and then you get to the the construction part which is half of the book well now bitching about leavened bread oh my gosh there's so much leavening oh my like God either, hates Arm and Hammer. They dude. either hate either he hates chemical leavening, which would be Arm and Hammer and or you know any yeah. kind of baking soda or Calumet baking powder, right? Or he hates you know actual eggs. natural leavening, which could be yeast or eggs or any other way in which I mean chemical. Can't whip air in anything. I don't like, know what you do. Yeah, you're stuck. You literally no air in anything. All your bread is flat, gross. You get <laughs> gross flat bread. But you have to like like in Exodus, there is seriously. So much time devoted to when and how much leavening you can put. It's like, and then you shall have the feast of unleavened bread, and it shall be a sad feast. It's like seven days of boredom, of boredom, and lameness, and <laughs> and you might want to kill yourself, but don't yet. Just wait until the last day. The only commandment that I thought to myself, like maybe I've not given enough credit to, is the Sabbath commandment. And I really did think this while I was reading. I thought, okay, well. You know, maybe there's something to extrapolate about the value of rest. Right. You know, maybe there's something there to, extra to to say, like, there is value to rest. Maybe labor seven days, 365 is a bad call. Maybe there's something there. The rest of it is fucking garbage. I would believe on a, more, on a believability, zero interest, zero moral responsibility, 
Negative six jillion. <laughs> I don't think that's a number. I think that's now a number. Yeah. So we want to thank our newest patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons because we love our patrons and we thank you all for giving us your money. Uh, your hard-earned dollars to continue on with the podcast, but we want to thank specifically our newest patrons, Vitor. I love the name Vitor. Right? Vitor is awesome. That's a fighting. That is a fighting name. Vitor J, Chris, and Charles. Thank you all so much for your generous donations. Your donations go a long way to making sure the show is possible. We just most recently used some of those donations to donate uh, some money to Foundation Beyond Belief through David Smalley's show. Speaking of David Smalley, we're not going to talk a lot about what David Smalley just accomplished because we're going to save it for this upcoming episode because we're going to have David Smalley on as a guest. So we're looking forward to having David Smalley on our show this upcoming week. We're going to have a midweek show and we're going to have David Smalley come on, talk about some news items and talk about his great work that he just accomplished with Foundation Beyond Belief. They raised over $31,000 and I'll leave it at that. Isn't that incredible? Uh, it's incredible. What and, a tremendous and, and sum David of money, did, man. Uh, he did a lot of work and his crew did a lot of work for this and we're going to talk all about it when he comes on the show this week. So if you want to hear all about David's uh, accomplishments, you're going to want to tune in later on this week on Thursday, and we're going to talk in detail about it, as well as talk about some great stuff that's happening in the state of Texas, because that's where he's from. So Beautiful. We're looking forward to Lone having David on, the sh- David on the show, unlike him, who's not looking forward to uh, having us on right? his show. <laughs> don't worry, David. We'll have you on for more than seven minutes. You'll yeah. love it. <laughs> I don't think it can last more than seven minutes. Speaking of which, before we get to that show, of course, I'm going to thank all the people who donated during the hour that we were on when David's on our show. But I want to thank all the people who donated during the hour right now. Again, we had a couple people who stayed up late to listen to us. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, it's great that they did that and they donated during our, during our hour. Somebody said, I was going to donate during your hour, but the guy before us, like, septuppled the money or some crazy yeah, shit. Just, so, so I don't blame yeah, anybody for I doing that. Either. I That's don't either. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that all in detail later on this week. So we'll, we'll mention it all later on. But we want to thank everybody who donated uh, during the hour that we were on. And we also want to thank Glory Holio, the mass philanthropist who donated 500 extra dollars to us. We, we put in 2000 He put in that extra five. So when we the show donated $2,500. 500 of it wasn't even our money. It was his right. money. And that's just amazing. So thank you, Glory Holio. I know you don't want to go by your real name, but thank you very much for your generous donation. Really terribly kind. And just our contribution to that 31000 we're so grateful to have been able to have made that contribution. Yeah, it was great. And we, we, we couldn't have done that if it was just you and I. I know. Was, you know, No yeah, way we could have come no. close to what we were able to no. accomplish if it was just Cecil and I. I mean- Really, if it was just me? Yeah, if it was just you. I mean, you could have sent him a pizza crust in the mail, I think. But... I like the fucking crust. Don't you fucking take my crust. You would have sent the crumbs from right. the pizza thing, yeah, oh. which are which are above your mention at this point. <laughs> we got a message from Harley about, and he said, pedantic email incoming. He knew it was, it was happening as he wrote it. I know. Looks like there's more people that got resurrected in the Bible than I had thought. I thought I had an interesting point, but even still... Even if it's, let's say it's it's 20 people. Let's say it's 30 people. Let's say it's 100 people that got resurrected because he says Elijah uh, and uh, Elisha. Is it Elisha? I don't even know. I don't know. It's Elijah, Elisha. Elisha. Elijah, Elijah and Elisha. Elisha Rock. They, do, they, they raised some motherfuckers up from the dead like fucking All Hallows Eve style. Right. But in any case, if if that, even if, even let's assume that it was, you know, thousands of people. 
Think of all the people that have lived since then. I know. And nobody's been resurrected. So I still got to say to that family, what the fuck are you thinking? You're not one of those special people. He's just a rotting corpse in a room. (laughs) And there's a reason you sealed it off. Exactly. It's because you kind of figured, it's just going to smell. It's going to smell bad for a while. We got a message from, uh, this is from Che in Chester. Che in Chester. That's just, that's pretty great. Flows off the tongue. Uh, but Che sent us a message and said he was listening to uh, to our uh, our 194 episode, and we we called the idiots who run around the ghost hunter idiots who run around and and, and scare each other in those houses, those abandoned houses, scared of the dark hunters. It right. was a coin, is a term you coined last episode. He made a tiny logo for it. So we're going to put it on our website for this episode, episode 195. So if you want to see his logo, we think it's funny. I thought it was great. We think it's great. So we're going to put it on there. We may, you know, I think if we could get an image for this, that would be shirt transferable. It would be really funny in some way, but I just don't know. I just don't know what to do with it. It's funny because all our funniest shirts come from other people, right? Um, All of our funniest anything comes from other people. Very true. We got a message and this was a, this was one of those messages. You know, we got a, we got a, a good uh, a review this week on iTunes, which was great to read that review we received, which mm-hmm. was really nice. And then we just got this email from Adrian and Adrian said he found us through atheist, atheistically speaking with Thomas. And we love Thomas. Thomas is Thomas one of our great favorite friend guests, of the show, one of our favorite guests. And, uh, and he found us, he found us through Thomas and he said that we actually changed his mind a little bit on feminism. And yeah. I think that's really great. Yeah, he said, uh, listening to the show has helped me develop, reevaluate, and reexamine and change my mind a great deal on women's issues and feminism. I never really considered it such a pressing deal in the atheist movement. But when 50% of the population in an already small group is left out, isolated, and accused of being divisive, then everyone loses. And I just think that's, that's great yeah. that we were able to actually sure. you know, influence somebody a little bit in a, in a way that I think is a very positive direction. Yeah. We're just glad that we were able to help you reconsider some things. You know, like if, if we accidentally do some good yeah. while making some jokes, right. we're grateful to have done that. And uh, so thank you very much for the email and thank you for uh, reconsidering it. And, you know, we're, we're like I said, we're just grateful that occasionally we don't screw it up. We don't screw it up too bad. We got a message from David, and we hadn't, didn't agree. Uh, we didn't disagree with David last time. We read his email as an example, but we weren't disagreeing with David. David said, hey, "Look, I, I'm totally with you on the body cameras, right. but I want to mention this is about the police body cameras, and I want to mention one of the things that he said. He said, um, "There's a bunch of reasons why people give that you shouldn't have body cameras, and they're all equally invalid and ignorant. And one of them that he lists was my favorite." He said, the most humorous reason I have heard is the police shouldn't be able, shouldn't be made to wear them because that's not how you treat heroes. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we get rid of this fucking hero worship? Like everybody oh, who walks around with a fuck. People who walk around and do good things because that's their job. Right. They are good people doing good work. Right. That's like, but just throw that fucking hero word out I there. Know. It's like the, we can't have... We cannot have tens of thousands of heroes. We just can't. The word becomes meaningless. It really does. We got an awesome call to prayer this week. And I and it's hard to use because the context, you just don't, people wouldn't know it. But this person spliced goat sounds so into a call to prayer. So I'm going to play it for you now. I can't really, I don't know that I can use it week to week. Unless people send us a message and say, yeah, use it week to week. It'll be hilarious because I think it's very funny. It's awesome. But I just don't understand if people will get the context if they just pick the show up. But listen to this. 
This is from Jim, and it's fucking I awesome. I love this. I love this so much. Thank you so much, Jim. I love it. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I can't get enough of goats screaming. The goat screaming is so weird. Goats, I would own a goat just to hear it scream. You know what you got to get is a fainting screaming goat. I know. Where they, 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 they scream and faint mid-scream. Why would you do anything else? I wouldn't leave the house. I would quit my job just to freak there's out There's two my things. Goat. Yeah, there's two things I wouldn't leave the house for. One is a fainting, screaming goat, and the other one is if I could blow myself. Right. I think of if I had both of those things... I'd die a happy man. What if the goat could blow you? <laughs> what do you mean, That's what if? That's why it's screaming. <laughs> what do you mean, what if? <laughs> Can a goat scream with laughter? <laughs> oh, so I think with goat rape, we need to end the show, of course. Yes, we talked enough about dead babies, uh, the Holocaust, and or goat rape. And so then I we think, talked about stuff not in the yeah. Bible. And so, <laughs> speaking of all those things, we're going to have David Smalley on the show next week. Right. And should so, be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of good, a very good time. For us. For us. Yeah. Not for him. No. Um, but we're looking forward to having David Smalley on to talk about his great fundraiser that he just did. Uh, and we're going to have a midweek show this week. I also want to mention that we're going to be on No Religion Required. This is a podcast that's going to be happening uh, we're not sure when it's going to be released, but we're thinking we're probably going to record this upcoming Thursday for it. Uh, so it probably be released the following week, we suspect. Uh, but uh, we'll put a link to the show notes when we do actually uh, join the No Religion Required podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to that as well. But uh, but we're hoping we're going to have a, we're going to have a show out for you midweek this week, and we'll have a regular show. So uh, so until next time, we're going to leave you as always with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy healing, water downward spiral, brain dead pan sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 